It's the Federal Chronicles Radio Show's News of the Week for January 4th, 2020. Table turning for good journalism. This time, Jason Cousineau and Eric Render kingfisk That's me. Talk to a local newspaper reporter, Ashley Sari, from the Monadnock Ledger Transcript to talk about the evolution of news publications, the media bias, and how news consumers need to be vigilant and discerning when reading or listening to the news. Ashley also shares with us her experience as a local reporter and how small-town newspapers are important for democracy. This podcast was also recorded after an interview Ashley conducted with me about how the local internet service affects local podcasters and small businesses here in this region. We'll be posting a link to the story on our homepage once it's published. Commentary on pop culture and current events through the perspective of film snobs and diesel punks, with topics ranging from true crime to the paranormal. It's the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week with Jason Cousineau and Eric Render King Fisk and special guest Ashley Sari. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. What do you want me to begin? Because we have a special guest here. Oh, we do. Yes. So, so clean up your language a little bit. Oh fuck! <laughs> Please don't put that in the paper. <laughs> All right. So, so here we have Ashley from the. It's the Monadnock Ledger, right? It's the Monadnock Ledger transcript. It okay. used to be two separate papers. They merged um, about ten years ago or so. So it used to be the Monadnock Ledger and uh, they were each once a week papers and now we're a single twice a week paper. Okay. So so now we we can ask Ashley some some questions here cuz she's doing a story on us and how we cope with the with the with the internet. Um, is it a good thing that I put up a brand new string to go with the tin cans that go between here and Utah? <laughs> All right. Um so I think it's fair to mention that I, I work on the internet. Um, I work from home. I'm a cloud engineer. I, I, the, the internet's basically my job. Yeah. Um, so I can say it does get frustrating when I know that there's no reason for poor service. And right. In our case, I get poor service on my end and you get poor service on your end. And I know that there's a massive backbone of fiber optic cables between where you live and where I live. Right. Now, in your case, the fiber optic cable doesn't necessarily go all the way out to your house. No. In my case, it runs right past my apartment building, but it just does, the apartment building I'm in doesn't offer that. Right. So I get frustrated on my end for different reasons. On your end, all it really takes is just a, you know, a little more signal cleaning. But the problem comes in is that signal cleaning will reduce the power or strength of the signal, so you're actually getting less bandwidth. Right. What, what, so yeah. yeah, it gets frustrating. How do I deal with it? Um, I think we've covered this. Rum and Dr Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that uh, um, you probably gave her more information in two minutes than I gave her in. Um, 
there's uh, one of the things that we also have to deal with a lot, Ashley, mm-hmm. is that we um, we do we have to do a lot of editing and post. Yeah. Like um, I will open up my audio editing software and I'll clean up a lot of stuff, like some of the background hum that you hear, and that will take a podcast. Um, for for every one minute of audio that I record, that's anywhere between three and five minutes of editing and post, trying to clean everything up. So uploading a pod, just finishing a podcast, takes a lot longer than it should. So yeah, and I can see how that would basically be obstructive in terms of just trying to get it out there yeah Uh, you know if you record for an hour and then it takes three hours of editing right uh it's discouraging it is it is you just have to cope with the fact that that's this is the situation this is how it is and a lot of um it also makes me a better editor and it makes me a better artist i'm kind of like i'm trying to turn um a sow's ear into a silk purse and, and, and trying to put a better light on this um, and look on the bright side because perseverating on how hard it is or how much harder it is for me to compete with other people who have podcasts. Um, everybody has issues that they're dealing with, and this is just my issue. Um, I think the other, other issue that I have uh, that a lot of people other don't, don't deal with is that um, – um, my co-host is some, sometimes smarter than I am on various issues. So your co-host also is sometimes drunk. So, <laughs> <laughs> should I? Should so I? One, also? one thing I do have to point out, though, is that a large number of podcasts out there actually have a staff. There's yes. actually like two, three or four people that are not actually part of the yeah. talking part of the show they're right. not the you know what yep. would be called in a professional news program they right. would not be part of the talent right and eric does it all by himself i mean all i do is crackling jokes and talk a lot about drinking right um, eric puts together the podcast right. he does all of the post editing he does all of the placing it online on the various places that it has to be uploaded to yep. so that other people can download it so yeah Eric does all of that himself, and right. that I'm sure is not a quick thing to do. No, it's not. And and um, I also have the firing squad of um, uh, uh, my wife and my sons who want to get on the internet and use it too. So right. that's the other fun thing. Um, but um, we don't have a staff. We actually have. It's more like a wooden dowel. It's <laughs> it's the wooden dowel that we use to hold. <laughs> Um, hold the, keep the window shut from, from intruders. So, and it's like, it, and this is, and it, 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 the amazing thing is, is that last year we still managed to get 50,000 individual downloads. Yeah. And I have people come over, come up to me all the time saying, wow, I, I heard your podcast and, uh, boy, you guys really laid it on thick this week. We had a good laugh over that. So how many uh, episodes are you able to, like, how regularly can you put out an episode? It, um, if this was my full-time job and I was, I was able to make a decent living doing this the way that other people um, are able to do, I mean, we could, we could do five episodes a week, Jay, do you think? 
Well, yeah. I mean, again, the most of it is not the recording. Most of it is the editing and the yeah. post-production yeah. work that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there are other people who are able to do live streaming. Mm -hmm. We could never do a live stream. We could never do a live streaming video. Right. And part of that is because of the format that you, you would need in order to do live streaming. You've got a, first of all, your, your internet connection has to be a lot more solid than either of us have. Right. Second of all, you have to be able to, if, especially if you're going to be taking phone calls, you have to have someone who's fielding those calls before they right. talk to the person on the air. The last thing we need is someone more drunk than I am talking <laughs> to us on the air. Yeah. So, so it's, it's both a logistics problem and a, you know, a staff. Yeah. Kind of. exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've heard of stories of people who start a podcast. Yeah. And within a year or two, they're able to get advertisers. Um, uh, and, and we do have some, we, I mean, we have our Patreons. We have people who do contribute to keep this podcast um, on the air. Uh, but it's, it's mostly a labor of love. I, we would love to be able to get to the point where uh, we can have better audio quality, attract yeah. a larger audience, and eventually sell advertising space but the way the situation is now that really that's an that's a very unrealistic goal to set am i wrong jay no no you're absolutely right i mean it's and to be honest we're just we're just two schmucks with an opinion right you know um what it boils down to is we wouldn't we don't even really know how to get that kind of sponsorship or you know how do you get someone to say yeah, we'll sponsor your podcast. I'll just give you this much money per week, you know, because there, there has to be, they have to get something out of it. Right. They have to be guaranteed, you know, so right. many hits and we may be just not big enough yet to get there. Yeah. We may be, yeah. maybe we are and we just don't yeah. know how to track it. Yeah. You know, is there, it could be, could be that there's, you know, when we track how many unique hits we get, it's because we're compiling data from the different sites that download. Right that offer the show for a download. Mm. And if we're just accumulating that data on our own, you know, that's takes time to put together. And it's a lot of times people who can afford to give us advertising dollars want that information as close to real yes. time as possible. Yes. And if the last thing they want to hear is, well, when I get home from work today, I'll, I'll put something together and I can get it to you by like nine o'clock tonight. Right. Right. So, um, but I'm lucky enough because I have the kind of job where I, I, I work two days for two days in a row or three days in a row at the factory for 12 hours so that I can have days like today off and focus on helping my wife run the family, run the household and do this podcast. Um, and, and, um, I mean, I don't mean I, I don't want to sound like I'm sucking up, but I'm sucking up. I mean, I'm very grateful that I have my wife who is very supportive and understands what it is that we're trying to do. Mm. I, I would have to say that Carol was is our number one super fan. Yeah. But that's not to that's not to say that we don't have an audience. We have people who listen to the podcast and and we interact with them. We have like um, our super fan, Melissa who every once in a while, she will tell us, wow, that was a really great episode. You guys, like um, last week, we were talking about um, how, do dis how do people in dysfunctional families mm -hmm. cope with the holidays, especially nerds and geeks like us? 
how do how do we cope with that? How do we deal with in laws and 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 uncles? Um, well, I got a divorce. That's how I deal with my in laws. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jay, didn't she walk out on you? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you want, you know, accurate statistics and all that. <laughs> um, but we do. But we have we we have people who um, tell us how much that they appreciate the podcast and how much it means to them, and it, and it sort of got to a point where we're not we're not doing the podcast just for ourselves anymore. Um, we, mo- we mostly do it for, um, for ourselves to keep in touch because we're like, uh, we're close friends. Uh, we've been close friends for more than <coughs> years. And, um, and this is one way that we keep in touch, but we also do it for the people who, um, really look forward to the show. Yeah. How did you guys, um, meet or, I mean, I don't know where you live, Jay, but uh, it doesn't sound like Jay and I met in a Turkish prison. We we were uh, <laughs> I was I was smuggling um, copies of Howard the Duck uh, into the country and stuffing them into the into the sewer system. And um, Jay, we're not allowed to talk about what I was doing there. Come on, we you know not we're not allowed to she's, talk about the rubber gumby part of the press. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> And no, so we worked together at a uh, at a company in when I lived in Massachusetts. I'm originally yeah. from Massachusetts. Yes. So we worked together at a company, just became friends, and have remained in touch. Now I currently live in Utah. Yeah. So at least for the moment, we'll yep. see how, what yep. goes on the next couple yep. of years. And should we mention Jay is planning on getting on an airplane and interviewing a presidential candidate? who is is looking forward to doing an interview with us in the next couple of weeks. That's exciting. It is. I can't yeah. believe that they said, I, do, I, would you like to interview our candidate? Yeah. I mean, that's it's something that I've, I've been bragging about to people I know. Right. <laughs> Jay's been walking up to people and say, hey, I'm going to be interviewing a, 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 a presidential candidate, a woman who might be the president of the United States, leader of the free world. And then they point their gun at me and say, get out of my house. It's 2 a.m. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but, e- but even with, here's the thing that drives me crazy, Jay. Even with all the problems that we have with the bandwidth, we are still able to build an audience and we still have authors of books asking us if they can come on the show. So I can only imagine how much better life would be if we had more reliable, faster internet. Right. I mean, first of all, I think actually uploading the show would be easier on you. Right. Because just in terms of time with more bandwidth, more available, steady, reliable bandwidth. Yeah. It's going to take you less time to upload it. Yes. Um, One of the things that internet companies do is they'll do what's called burst speeding. So like when you see an ISP is advertising upload speeds over, you know, 35 meg per second, for example. Yeah. Your average speed is probably closer to 12 to 14 meg per second. Right. But then every so many hundred milliseconds, you get a burst of speed that's like six or seven times that. So it averages out to being over 34. Now, that's perfect for like like streaming video or even most video games. Uploading is is counted completely different. So you may have an ISP that's providing you with, 
you know, 50 meg down, but you've only got two meg up. Yeah. So uploading is going to take longer. If yeah. you had a better ISP, like I know out here, we have a fiber optic ISP and their upload speed is over 50 meg. Right. Yeah. That's sort of the situation I myself am in. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. I also live uh, in the same yep. town. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of uh, off on the other side of town, but um, we live on a little private road and we had to pay buku bucks to get them right. to come down our private road in the first place. Right. But since we, we did that, um, we decided to, to go the extra mile and kind of get a decent download speed. Right. Uh, but the only upload speed we have, I think is, is just one right. meg. And uh, normally that's fine. But if, you know, I want to upload a video to YouTube right. or even to Facebook or something like that. It it's horrendous, and uh, it does actually impact my job sometimes because yes. I have. Sometimes I can work from home. We have all of our um, files on on a platform that allows us to access it from pretty much anywhere. Right. So I can yeah. write a story from home and have it go into our system, but if I have to upload photos or even video to go with that, yeah. um, I can only upload one photo at a time and it still takes like four minutes to upload a single photo because <laughs> I have a, a yep. good camera that has fairly large right. photos. And uh, so if I'm trying to upload 10 photos, it takes 40 minutes. Yeah. It's like... I, I, I One of the things that also um, you could mention is that a lot of people also gobble up a lot of their cell phone bandwidth yeah. because they'll use their cell phone as a hotspot yeah. or and and maybe this is maybe this is another example of me giving away some of the secret sauce some people will actually go to the local library mm-hmm. and use yeah. the wi-fi there that is very reliable thank god we have a decent library in this yeah. town well at the same time i also know um i don't know if you guys do this but people working from laptops will sometimes tether them to their cell phones yes because the upload rate and download rate that their cell phone provider gives them is faster than the upload and download rate they get from their isp yeah i work with some people who when they're working remote actually do that yeah they they pay a little extra for their cell phone just to get that better download speed and just tether their laptop to it yeah absolutely yeah so anyway jade um since ashley is here do we actually want to do some news of the week do we actually want to get to some of the green? Oh, I don't know, man. I'd be intimidated having an actual news professional. I know. Um, Besides, you know, I haven't had that much to drink yet. Still <sighs> early in the morning. What the hell? Well, here's here's a question. Um, and I've always wanted to ask a, a, a reporter such as yourself something like this. Sure. Okay. Um, what was what was the thought process? What was the moment when you said, "I want to be a newspaper reporter," especially in an age like today where everything is going online? Well, um, certainly, I think there's sort of this myth that the uh, the the reporting is a dying profession because yep. even if we do move fully online, someone still has to write that stuff. Yep. Uh, so I don't think reporting is a position that's ever going to go away. Even if even if the actual physical newspaper ever does, that may be coming. But I wanted to get specifically into local journalism. Yep. Uh, because I think that is the industry that will live forever. Yes. Because you can get your global news anywhere. Like yeah. you can sign on to Twitter and find out what's happening. No one except for our paper is going to tell you what's going on in Ringe right. or, you know, the Monadnock region. It's, it's, we're the only 
game in town. And that's changing a little bit because social media is growing. And oftentimes, you know, people on the local Facebook group are talking about what you're right. But, you know, even even then they're saying, oh, there's an accident on Route 31 or whatever. And then we have to tell them, like, the person wasn't hurt or or whatever. So I think uh, I think local journalism is just as important as any other type of journalism, right. first of all. And I think it's the the one that has some staying power. But the 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 and this is probably a fairly cliche reason, but uh, I got into journalism because of a teacher. Um, when I was in high school, I went to Messinic High School, which is mm-hmm. just down the road. Um, I was a really good student in my um, freshman and sophomore year. And I took some higher level math courses and I did okay in them. And uh, my school kind of pushed me to keep taking higher and higher level math and science courses and I was really, really struggling with them. It's just not my area. Right. I'm a writer. I am great with words. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You know, social studies, uh, foreign languages, English, that stuff's all my right. jam. I, I struggle yep. real hard with science and math. So I was I was doing okay, but I was putting like four times the work into these classes to get like lesser grades than I was in my other classes. Yeah. And by the time I was a junior, my GPA was starting to drop and I really wanted to go to college. And I was like, I need to just in my senior year, I've already done all my math and science requirements. I'm just doing like any English, any writing, any social studies thing that I can find. Right. That's what I'm doing because I know I can yeah. get an A in yeah. those classes, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, so I was trying to, you know, curb the system yeah. a little bit. But um, so I like looked up at our curriculum and I was like, a journalism course, I can do that. Exactly. You know, like I, I'm sure I can do that. So I signed up for it. I had no prior experience mm-hmm. with it. And our teacher was um, Mrs. Charleston, and uh, she was a former journalist herself. And basically, the class was putting out our our school newspaper, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to, you know, pitch stories, write them, get photographs to go with them, and then we would lay out the paper. And it, I think it came out twice a month. Yeah. And uh, I just sort of fell in love with it, and it was really Miss Charleston that convinced me when I went into college to double major in English and mass communication, which yeah. journalism is under that umbrella. Uh, Cause she was so passionate about yeah. news. Um, she really convinced me of the importance of this profession. And, and we don't get paid a lot journalists, um, particularly right. local journalists, you know, and, and it really is a profession that's important. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you and you know, there are I I will be the first to admit that every outlet you go to, every newspaper you pick up probably does have a bias. But I think there is this reputation now of like the fake news. Yes. Um, but I think biased news and fake news are two very right. different things. Yeah. I yes. do think there are left leaning or right leaning outlets. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the news they're reporting is fake. Because I think fake news is a real thing. It's when you go on sure. Facebook and it says, you know, some wild conspiracy theory that is based completely not in fact. That, right. that is indeed fake news. Yeah. 
but um i think it's 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 just a sense of you have to be aware of the biases of the news that you're reading um you know we're all humans right well that's that's one of the things that i think eric and i have have lamented about both in private and on the on the podcast is it doesn't bother us that a news organization has a bias Mm -hmm. we just wish they would be honest about it like us i would exactly you know I, i wish i wish you know cnn or Fox News would say, hey, we're the most conservative news, largest conservative news uh, organization in the United States. Yes. I would have more respect for them for that than tr- them trying to say that they're the most fair and balanced. Yeah. Right. You I know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, that's frustrating. And it, just because you disagree with them doesn't mean that it's fake. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and I think the Ledger transcript, we do tend to lean left on our editorial board, but we are also approaching news from a local standpoint, yeah. which, you know, we do cover local politics and we do cover um, even the presidential candidates who come to our region. Um, but oftentimes, it, you know, when we're covering, say, someone's coming to speak at the local townhouse or doing a town hall, uh, we don't generally, we're not, political reporters right uh, that is its own thing um there are people that make entire careers out of that we're covering a local event so oftentimes what we're doing is just telling you what the candidate right. said what people at the event said um and you know sometimes that will have a left or right leaning right. slant but that depends on if you're uh, reporting on um a candidate who is appearing in peterborough which is a super democratic liberal town yes. or range which right. definitely leans more republican so you know you're gonna get different people going to those events let's let's also interject here for a second and that um the fedora chronicles is not in competition with the monadnock ledger yeah that's never going to happen and but, well the, we have different purposes well yeah, yeah. and and the podcast that uh that uh, i mean i've already recorded two episodes of the Monadnock report, and yeah. I hopefully, I mean, if you want to have me back for the Monadnock, oh, of course I some, will. Oh my God, some stories, yeah, of, uh, reporting in the Monadnock. But, but the, region. the the, the, the crazy the crazy thing it. is, is that you're never going to have somebody at the Monadnock Ledger sit down in the chair where you're sitting right now with Andrew Yang and say, January twenty first, President Yang, mm. are you going to disclose what's going on? In Area 51, you're never going, you're never, you, Ashley, are never going to ask that question. I mean, unless, of course, it's your last day. Yeah. But (laughs) Jay and I, on the other hand, have no problem saying, what do you think about lost ancient alien civilizations? Or what do you think of, um, how do you think Hillary Clinton killed Jeffrey Epstein? (laughs) How do you think, you're, I mean... Uh, there has to I mean you have your side of the street you're working on we're working on our side of the street I don't understand why so many bloggers seem to think that they're in competition with the local media when it's like it's apples and oranges it's uh, it's interesting because because you're right probably no reporter is is gonna ask that question in in a serious context at least you did know? you hear that jay but ashley says we're not real reporters because <laughs> well, she's smart but, exactly. uh, 
but I, I, as Jay was saying, I think it's just, you know, different contexts. There are plenty of people that want to hear what Andrew Yang has to say about ancient alien civilizations. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, it, it's just a different forum. Yeah. And, and um, you know, we, we do talk to a lot of presidential candidates because we live in New Hampshire, which is great for us because we yeah. live in tiny little towns around here right. and they still come like yeah. I've, I've met probably 90 percent of the democratic candidates at for, least once for the people who are running in 2020 yeah. now they come here were you, were you around for 2016 yeah i've been in the paper since 2011 okay so. um nice. who, who, who without with uh, without mentioning no you'll have to mention names who uh, which presidential candidate inspired you the most and you like to talk to the most that i like to talk to the most i i actually this this year um and he just dropped out i believe but uh i was really into julian castro he had some interesting things to say he was very well spoken in person yep. um you know very clear on his ideas i've also you know talked to andrew yang a couple yep. of times and uh i really liked him i've been to um bernie both in 2016 yeah, yeah. and 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 this year and um honestly I, I don't think i feel as much energy behind him as i did in no, 2016 no. uh yeah. so you know that's kind of interesting um you know he is four years older now so right uh perhaps that's and it. the heart he also, issue the yeah, heart issue as well yeah, yeah. and he also the interesting has a sort of split competition i think a, a lot of people who supported bernie in 2016 are behind warren um and tulsi yeah so mm -hmm. uh i do think that has split the base a little bit yeah but, so here's a question for you do you think age has played into it all in the case of bernie i do um because uh you know just personally i i think um because i was very interested in bernie in 2016 and uh, probably this year um i'm i'm not as behind him as no. he was as i was in 2016 and uh i think part of that is because you know I'm thinking, like, you know, can he go four years, eight yeah. years? I don't know. Right. Yeah. See, now this is the weird thing, right? Because you look at Bernie Sanders and you look at Joe Biden side by side. Right. There's a year difference in age. Yeah. But Bernie Sanders seems to be affected more by the age thing than Joe Biden is. Well, I certainly think um, he looks older than Joe Biden. I yeah. do think people base oh, a lot yeah. of that visually. Um, it, it's sort of, I can't remember. It was this, um, was this when Kennedy was elected um, was the first time they televised the, the yes. debates. And yep. yes. uh, people who listened to the debates on the radio yeah. uh, thought that Kennedy lost. And the people who watched the debates on television yeah. thought Kennedy won just because right. he looked yeah. More like yeah. engaged. Yeah. Um. So I do. He's think, a hottie. I did. I did. So so I do think that you know the visual plays a part yeah. in in how yeah. people make those decisions. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So we might we might edit this out, Ashley. But yeah, I want fine. I want to ask you. Um. Speaking about Jack Kennedy. Um. Uh. Um. Who who were who was responsible for the killing of Jack Kennedy? <laughs> 
keep in keep in mind that she's staring at the 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 uh, the cover of Time Life magazine with Lee Harvey on the cover with this little <laughs> scrap piece of paper that Walt wrote saying, "Eric, I'm a was a patsy." Signed Lee. <laughs> So she knows that she's in the den of real conspiracy theorists. Well, uh, if you uh, believe the Umbrella Academy, it was Allison. So, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, nerdy pop culture reference for five hundred. Way to go! <laughs> well done. Yes. So, but but I mean, it's um. Let's say you're a reporter and you have some some crazy wonky beliefs, like you actually believe that that um, the Warren Report is a work of fiction. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that somebody has an exhibit on Lee Harvey Oswald, and they completely completely buy into the fact that he, Lee Harvey did it alone. Are, are you able, as a reporter, to put away your bias, and um. or does your bias? come into play and this is not just about the kennedy assassination this is about anything does does your and 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 i'm not saying bias is a dirty word yeah i understand uh i mean i i think we all have to admit that bias is always somewhat in play because like i said we are human and we do have them yep uh but i have certainly talked to people before when i'm writing a story and I'm getting both sides where it is clear to me as a human that like this person is just off the wall. Right. But I still present their side. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, because that's what you have to do. Uh, It happens a lot in court cases. Um, You know, usually I can tell how a court case is going to go long before the judge comes back with their decision. Just because you've been doing this for a right, while right. And, and like you get a sense and sometimes their arguments are just like so right, you know, like you're like, that's that's not how that yeah. works. But yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so but you still have to, you know, give them their fair share, I guess. Right. So it, it's weird because you never want to as a news reporter. And I do think you have a certain responsibility to not disseminate things that are blatantly untrue right right you know like if somebody in an interview brings up something that has just been disproven factually over and over and over again if you put that in that they said that yeah you then have to clarify that that it's sure that this is not something that's real yeah or leave it out if it's not germane to the topic because often people We'll yeah. go off on yeah. a rant about something that's completely unrelated. To we don't know anything about. about rants. We do not allow ranting on um, the show. Jay, we have an entire <laughs> section on our web page called rants. Yeah. <laughs> so, so one of the things that drives me crazy, especially reading your work mm-hmm. on the newspaper, mm-hmm. okay, I know that what you turned in is probably much longer and had more detail in it. Yeah. And your editor... And I, and I'm not I'm not saying your editor is the bad person. I know that they got to clip stuff for space. Yeah. Okay, I know that you wrote a longer piece. I know you wrote a piece that has more detail than the space was allowed. Mm-hmm. What I wish that your newspaper owner editor, I wish they said you can read the full length version of this 
on our web page. Yeah. And you would get, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you'd have more subscribers. Well, we do sometimes do that in specific cases, particularly if like, um, usually it's the other way around though. Uh, oftentimes because some, because we only print twice a week, yeah. if something happens on a Friday and we're not printing again until Tuesday, we have to put something up right. online. Yes. And oftentimes it's like, whatever you can get right now, yeah. we need to put it online because it's breaking news and everyone's talking yeah. about it. So, uh, Oftentimes, a slightly shorter version will appear on the web with a, you know, read the full story on Tuesday. Right. Yes. Um, yes. It rarely happens the other way around. Right. Um, occasionally, like, uh, because uh, cuts don't actually happen as often as you would probably think, because often I know what kind of space I'm writing into. Really? They, they lay out the page and they say, okay, you have... What what does happen is that they lay out the page and they say, okay, here's your space. And the space is like way less than I need it to be. So you just need to make it work. Right. And then I think that's why you don't see it often um, with longer form um, yeah. articles on the web because then you would have to basically write it twice because I'm already in my head going like, well, what can I cut? Right. You know, because often I'll do an interview and the interview might last for an hour and a half and then... There, you get into the office and they're like, okay, write 400 words. Right, right. Like, like okay. today. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So here's, here's a question for you. When you're in an interview like that where it, say you're, you're able to talk with the person for an hour, hour and a half, right? Mm -hmm. And you're jotting down the notes of what they say. Do you, do you actually write notes? Do you record what oh, they're yeah, saying? Oh, yeah, she does. Uh, I do okay. write notes and I do uh, record. I um, don't always record, uh, but if it's something where... Um, you know, uh, like it's a speech or something where they're going to go real fast yeah. and uh, yeah. I can only write so fast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do. Right. I, I do record it for accuracy of quotes. I don't always uh, record face-to-face um, -face interviews. Uh, usually I do. I don't often. Uh, usually I, I kind of have a shorthand where, um, and you just get used to this as a reporter where you can sort of tag um, as someone's talking, like, that's a good quote. I need to get that down yeah. fully. And then the rest, yeah. you just jot notes. Yeah. Or if you're recording, you just look down at your recorder and say, okay, there was a good quote at eight minutes, 11 seconds. Yeah. Um, See, now, the the thing that I've always thought, like when people talk about bias in reporting, I've always thought that that's probably where the most bias is going to play in because if you're listening to someone talk for a half hour and then you go into the office and they say, I want a 400 page article, a 400 word article, mm. then you're going to hit what you think are the highlights. And exactly. I think that is what the, the most unconscious bias is going to come in because what is a highlight is going to be a personal judgment for yep. you. Now you can influence that to some extent by knowing, okay, well, this is what they focused on the most. So I'm going to cover that. Right. But even then, you're still encapsulating what they say. Yeah. And it may be a highlight according to what they spent the most time on, but it's still going to be colored through the lens of your own opinion. Exactly. Now, and is that is that something that, like when you were going to taking journalism classes, is that something that you work hard to try and have as little of that filter as possible? Or is that something that just over time, you just kind of get a better sense of it. Well, you do get a sense of it, but in, in general, that is something that they teach you in journalism school. It's part of your ethics courses. 
uh, because you do have to take ethics courses as a journalist. Uh, and they refer to it as, you know, cherry picking. Yeah. Uh, that if you are talking to somebody and they say one quote that's out of context, but is going to make a big splash on the front page, and sure. that's the quote you decide to pull out, that is cherry picking. And uh, it is an ethical no-no, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, there's also bias that comes in in terms of because you are an interview, you're leading the conversation often. Yep. And you can choose which questions to ask. And you can choose to not ask certain questions or to ask spe specific questions. And it, it guides the conversation in a certain direction. Yeah. Um, you know, like, and I don't think very much of this will end up in my actual piece, but Eric and I kind of got off on a tangent a little bit talking about development. In yes. Range. And I could, you know, potentially, don't worry, Eric, I'm not going to No, do I mean, but, listen to But I could pull out that entire section of that interview and go off on a completely different story than what I first uh, presented, Eric, the, the focus or core of the story um, when I first talked to him about it. Yeah. And... Yeah. He did say those things. Yes. So it's not like he can really call me up and, you know, sue me for uh, libel. Yeah. But it's also misrepresenting right. what I said the story was going to be and what he believed the story was going to be. Well, but, so, but, he, but here, here's the thing. And I'm giving you permission to this right now. Yeah. Right behind you, sitting on a shelf. It's it's actually up on top of the, can, the, the cannon bag. Um, this... The Fedora Chronicles is actually registered as a business here in the state of New Hampshire so I can sell T-shirts and coffee mugs online. And as a business owner, if you wanted to do a second article mm. about how what business owners think about the development here, yeah. you have my permission to use that that because I honestly, yeah. I, and I mean it when I say this, small business owners such as myself, are very concerned about large corporations coming into this town yeah. and bulldozing. I mean, I, I, we don't know if Walmart doesn't have a place at the table secretly yeah. in, in the in the town hall here in in, in Ringe. We don't. We don't. We suspect it. We suspect it might be true. We don't have any evidence. We don't want a large corporation like um, Home Depot coming in. And having another seat at the table, I'd rather have the owner of the local hardware store, Billitets, have that have, have that seat at the table. Yeah. I, there's somebody's going to occupy that seat at the table. I'd rather have it somebody who's local, who's thinking about New Hampshire. Yeah. But um, there's also the notion is that as a news consumer, you have to keep in mind if you're watching something on Fox News or MSNBC. You should know by now they have a bias. Yeah. If you hear something on a podcast that's recorded in New Hampshire and Utah, you should know that that's where that's coming from. Yeah. And I don't think that we teach that in school enough. We don't tell kids, you need to like think for a second, mm -hmm. not only what is it saying in the time and the place, but who's saying it yeah. as well. 
That's and that's us on us as consumers. I think there is a vast difference between um, fact, fiction, and bias, and I think that people need to understand those differences. Yeah. Uh, because I don't think enough people do, and I don't even think it's a, a like current state of the education because there are you know plenty of people my parents' age who do right, not understand right. the difference. Uh, and, um, it is, like I said, when you are a journalist, when you have a journalism degree, you have to take ethics courses. You mm-hmm. have to understand these nuances. And, um, I think there are certain aspects. I think everyone should have to take a journalism course as a high school student yeah. and not writing journalism. I think people need to understand what the, basis of right. this the free press is so important in a democracy and in our democracy right. but it's not perfect it's not a perfect system no and you need to understand uh what the advantages are of it because i do think the attacks of fake news are hugely damaging um to our industry right. and uh like i said there is a difference between fake news and biased news that i don't think people understand uh, and to declare anything you don't agree with or that you think is biased as fake news, I think is damaging to our yeah. industry. Yeah. Because, well, I may not agree with everything they say. I do think Fox News, you know, they're still a news station and uh, they have broken some very important stories. Yeah. Uh, and to dismiss them whole cloth. Yeah isn't healthy for right. for a a from a journalistic right. perspective i will say that uh same thing for you know cnn if you're like oh well you know cnn is fake news everything they report is lies that's not healthy for our right journalistic fabric either. yeah so so you know these are things you need to be aware of i do think you should be getting your news from a variety of sources. Yes. I think you should be aware of what even the sources that you don't necessarily agree with are saying. Yeah. Uh, and you need to learn some news judgment. I, I think that, that those are statements that should be true for everyone. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's a question for you then. Um, do you think, I mean, one of the th- things that I, have been concerned about. I mean, my children are mostly out of school now. My son, my youngest is in his senior year. Mm -hmm. With the education system that we have today, there are certain things that I think we should change about the education system. Like right now, it's very geared towards, are you going to go to college? And if so, where? Mm -hmm. And less concerned with, are you going to be able to function as an adult in society? Yeah. And I think if we shift the goal from the former to the latter, we would have much better prepared citizens. Yes. Like this is how you do your taxes. This is when you need to do your taxes. Those, that's something that should be taught in high school. Um, it's, this is it's how you balance the checking. I'm, I'm not sure um, when this happened, but when I was in high school, which, you know, was 14 years ago now. Okay. Um, we had that class. Like it was half of the year you took a health course and then the second half of the year, you learned it. I forget what it was called, life skills or something. Right. But yeah. you you did balance a checkbook, learn to do your taxes, learn to put together a resume and a cover letter. Um, yeah. Did some, See, I, I did some research like- in job fields and and what 
you know, what money you could make in certain fields. I think that was like the, the core of the class. Yeah. Um, we did have home ec uh, back then. I think they still have it. They now con- call it consumer science, but yeah. you had to take, um, I think it was either an art class or a home ec class yeah. uh, as part of your requirements. So so some of those things one of the were things, there not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they weren't when I went in, but yeah. that was a lot more than 14 years ago. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that I think should be taught is like you brought up um, media literacy, right? Yeah. Understanding what it takes for like I the think reporting, that be part of a, what it yeah. means. Course the difference between what is quote unquote fake news versus biased news and the importance of actually listening to another opinion without completely dismissing it because you disagree with it. Yeah. Um, that would just, I think overall make all of us better humans. I could think of quite a few adults that need to take that class. I think, but also ethics in general, would all I think be included in a civics course, like ethics, yeah. uh, journalism and, and, you know, news savvy, uh, and, some basic facts about how we run our, our country right. could all be in a basic civics class. Another thing that sort of drives me crazy is the notion that somehow, um, because we have different opinions, we have, we must be enemies. Mm. Like I t- completely, totally believe that, um, uh, cause I'm, I'm pro choice on the issue of anchovies <laughs> and pineapple. I think, I think that pineapple and anchovies, belong on the same pizza people think that uh, you know uh, i'm a heretic for saying that but and uh there are some people who have to campaign and crusade <laughs> to get you to change your mind about a certain specific topic the thing about social media that drives me crazy and this is a lot of people who are evangelizing their mindset and it's not so much the fact that they're trying to debate you on whether or not something is wrong like anchovies on a pizza mm-hmm. Um, it's almost as if they're trying to convince themselves <laughs> that that's what they that that's what they believe. Um, I could we ever come out and and make a declarative statement to kids saying don't evangelize too hard on your political opinion because you just come off as a jerk. Mm. Um, because in 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 the end of the day. Um, in with some very rare exceptions, you're ever going to convince somebody that their political point of view is wrong. Exactly. Like, um, I I have a I one of my friends online who is a vendor that we promote occasionally on um on our, either on our podcast um or on on our on a Facebook group facebook.com slash uh, uh group slash Fedora Chronicles, um. Uh, he and I passionately disagree mm. about the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> passionately. He thinks I'm crazy for believing what I believe and and vice versa. But I don't think it ever got to the point where we can't be friends anymore because you disagree yeah. with my mindset. Um, if you have to, how are we doing on time? Uh, we're doing okay. I do have to head out shortly. I have to go to um, uh, our local hospital to interview the parents of the first baby born uh, in the new year. But, oh, fantastic. Yeah. So uh, I do have to head out in about 
Uh, well, okay. Five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> in about three minutes. Oh, you know what? The thing is, is it before? That was a no ship moment, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, shit, I, I should, I well, should here, be in the car now. <laughs> well, before we let you go, I want to thank you for coming here and yeah, do no the problem. interview, interviewing me. And turning, I hope you don't mind me turning the tables on you. That's okay. And um, what do you, is there any last words that you'd like to be able to say in regards to journalism and what you'd like our listeners to know about the work, kind of work that you do? Uh, I will say that journalists are not out to like spread lies, okay? We get into this business because we care deeply about the truth because we care deeply about people knowing what is going on in their community, in their country, and in their world. And we are here to perform a public service, even those ones that you don't necessarily agree with. So just take what you hear with a grain of salt if you have to, but know that it comes from a place of wanting to expand the truth, to provide clarity, and to provide transparency. And it is a vital part of our democracy. And uh, we're, we're just out here trying to do what's right. Absolutely. Again, thank you for coming. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show with hosts Jason Cousineau and Eric Renderking Fisk. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our past shows, show notes, and recent articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook after you found it so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Chronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with comments and show topic suggestions. We might even read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Chronicles. From your dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt or coffee mug terms and conditions apply. And thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of every sale goes directly into keeping this podcast and all the others on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. That's zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme song for this show is Royal Flush by All of Music. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is edited and produced by Eric Render King Fisk. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2019-2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of Jason Cousineau, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chin up and your fedora on.